Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. I'm Christine, your host. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue with our series, Herd Immunity. Here's Pastor Geshom sharing today's message. Hi Church, it's a joy and a privilege for me to share God's word with you. Even as we go into the second part of this new series called Herd Immunity, I would love for you to lean in and ask God, what is God actually going to teach me personally today so that we can be part of something bigger that God's called us to do? Before we step into hearing God's word, can we just say a quick prayer? Loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this time. Lord, even as we take time, Lord Jesus, to meditate on your word, I pray that, Lord, it will sink deep into our spirits. I pray that, Lord, our minds will be changed, Lord Jesus, so that we'll be able to follow you in all honesty. And we pray that, Lord, this gospel, Lord Jesus, will start its work in us and it will change us. And in due time, Lord, we will be doing what you've called us to do. In your most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Last week, even as we saw this entire new series get unfolded in front of us, herd immunity, uh, how many of us actually love being uh, among a group of people? Or how many of you love being part of the herd? Today, if I had to ask you, how many of us love being part of a community? Or in, in this context, a herd, many of you will say, you know what? Uh, I don't think so. I think there won't be uh, certain... Um, things that we would all agree on. There may be just one thing that we can agree on or maybe not many. And so in in fact, today, if uh, we have to look into our own selves, we are happy being part of a community digitally. When I say that, I say that because today we have all these social media platforms. We have all these friends. We have, uh, you know, uh, different categories of friends within that communities. And we also favor communities where we have some form of uh, unique likeness. For example, if I love photography, I would definitely be part of a photography uh, community or I would, you know, in fact, follow certain people who uh, have that same passion and interest. But being part of a herd oftentimes doesn't look like that. In the sense, we're not going to have shared interests, but we will be all heading in one direction. In fact, the closing statement of last week's sermon was, if we want to go far, we need to go together. We can't do it alone. And so today in this journey of life, if we want to do this entire journey that God's called us to do as a church, as a group of believers together, we need to go together in this journey. And going together means that we do not agree on everything, but we can agree on one thing. And that one thing is Jesus. Can Jesus be the center of everything? Today, if I have to ask you, do you believe God's uniquely created each and every one of us? Yes, he has. He's created us so unique that in this community of, uh, the let's say we are the herd, we each one will be unique. Uh, the way we look, the way we dress, the way we talk, the way we behave, the way we interact, the way we, in fact, react will all be different. And that's the uniqueness of God. In this uh, beautiful collection of individual people, he wants us all to move together so that we'll fulfill what he's called us to do. I would love to read from Genesis chapter 1 where it goes on to say how God created man. I'm reading from the Amplified Version and it says this, then God said, let us, in brackets it says, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, there's community right there, make man in our image according to our likeness, 
not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness. And let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and over the entire earth, and over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. Just emphasizing that again, let us create man, it says, in our image according to our likeness. We cannot do this journey or we cannot be this herd without the triune God's nature in itself. We'll have to reflect that. Which means when we accept Jesus into our hearts, we rely on the Holy Spirit to lead us. It's the Holy Spirit who refines us. It's the Holy Spirit who uh, changes so many things within this set of believers that we are amongst. And today, uh, have, if you notice uh, some of the characteristics of a herd is, uh, there are hardly a few who will actually stray away. And um, I've just been reading a lot. In fact, I was just watching a couple of these uh, Nat Geo videos to see how it happens. And it's that one, per one person who strays away becomes prey to the hyenas, to the tiger, to the other who are actually watching. And so today, being part of a community, sometimes you don't have to agree on everything. But can we agree that Jesus is God? Can we agree that we need Jesus? And if we can agree on that, the Holy Spirit will automatically start working in us. And today in the second part of the series, we're going to see how the gospel, how this gospel actually transforms us and allows us to remain within this community so that we can cover the distance. And so today, I would love to read again from Romans chapter 11, verses 33 to 36 in the Passion Translation. and goes on to say, Who could ever wrap their minds around the riches of God the depth of his wisdom and the marvel of his perfect knowledge. Who could ever explain the wonder of his decision or search out the mysterious ways he carries out his plans? For who has discovered how the Lord thinks or is wise enough to be the one to advise him in his plans? Or who has ever given something to God that obligates God to owe him something in return? And because God is the source and sustainer of everything, everything finds fulfillment in him. May all praise and honor be given to him forever. Amen. And because God is the source and sustainer of everything, everything finds fulfillment in him. Even as we read this verse, God is the sustainer of everything and everything finds fulfillment in him. I would love to leave this verse in front of us because I strongly believe that if we can hold on to this verse, every little thing that we bring to the table in community or in a herd will actually find fulfillment. A lot of us would have grown up playing on a seesaw. Uh, I don't know how many of you have actually um, um, played on it, but we used to have a lot of fun. We'll actually, when we are a group of guys, we'll make the thin guy sit and the heaviest guy like me will sit there and we'll like, you know, uh, you know, uh, intentionally like, you know, really pop down so that that guy will just get lifted up. You know, we used to do all stupid stuff on a seesaw. But even as I was just preparing, I realized how important the center fulcrum piece of a seesaw is. Uh, this is what the physics meaning says. It says the point at which a bar or something that is balancing, it's supported or balances. And there's a formal meaning below this, which, which goes on to say the main thing or person needed to support something or to make it work or happen. The main thing or a person who's needed that support. And oftentimes in our lives, in this community, in this herd that we are part of together, we oftentimes make the fulcrum all about ourselves. I don't know how many of you have realized, but over this entire pandemic, constantly, 
we've made it about ourselves. We've never actually allowed Jesus to be the fulcrum. If we had allowed Jesus to be the fulcrum, we would have seen things in a whole different way. And honestly, Jesus doesn't feel, you know, he doesn't treat us bad or he's not harsh on us. But what he wants us to do is to realize that the sooner we give the reins to him, he will balance it out for us. I don't know how many of you have realized when you're actually working on your house budget or, you know, when you try managing things on your own, honestly, you are left with the deficit always. But when you bring God into the mix and say, God, help me cut down certain things or help me manage this well. This is an area I struggle with. Help me lead well so that I can, you know, save for my family. I can do this. God balances things out. He, in fact, draws priorities. In fact, constantly, when me and Tina have to make decisions, uh, it's easy because one of us will actually say, hey, I don't think that's really important right now. And the other person is humble enough to say, you know what? Okay, that really makes sense. Even if it might seem like a big deal, we can take a back seat. And I oftentimes think God uses people around us to talk. If you're part of a herd, God's going to use the people who are very close to you to talk. It's Jesus who's working in them, who gives them the wisdom to actually share that to us. So let's realize, even as we get on to this uh, series, is Jesus the fulcrum in our lives? And this goes on to say that if we are part of a herd, we can never be a consumer. That's my first point today. When I say we can never be a consumer is we can never just see the functional aspect of what I'm going to get out of Jesus or what I'm going to get out of his church or what I'm going to get out of his local church. The reason why I've split church and local church is God's going to use us mightily in the days to come, each and every one of us, so uniquely. He's created. In fact, when I read that verse in Genesis 1, it's interesting because everything that has been created is done so that we can only glorify God, not to glorify a local church, not to glorify anything else, but to glorify him. So today, whether what we bring to the table is not about what you bring to VR Zion alone, it's what you bring in front of God. When I say we shouldn't be a consumer when you're part of a herd, is because when Jesus is in us, we soon realize that that gospel is in work in us. Oftentimes, a consumer mentality is similar like this. I don't know how many of you have realized, but when the pandemic started, shelves started in the supermarkets getting empty quite quick. Okay, But even in spite of a pandemic, I personally, when I go to a, uh, a supermarket, I was very particular that I had to buy this brand of milk. I had to buy this brand of cereal. I had to buy this brand of turmeric powder. There are certain brands that we only choose to buy. We are consumers. We don't pick anything randomly or we don't just go and pick, you know what, I'll just, it's a pandemic, so let me just buy this, this. No, even in spite of a pandemic being in the middle of one, we were conscious enough to be a perfect consumer in this globalized world of just picking what we really liked out of that. That same mentality, oftentimes we bring it back into church or we bring it back into God and say, God, you know what? I'll pick and choose from your word. This is what I'll consume today. This is what I'll let go. No, it doesn't work like that. When you're part of a herd, when you're part of what God's called you to be as a church, you will start taking the entire gospel for it, for what it is. Today, what is this gospel? The gospel is God created us perfectly. As we read in Genesis 1, in his likeness, he created us. We sinned. We did something which we were not supposed to do. We directly disobeyed. God told us not to eat, we ate. And from then on, we actually kept committing sin after sin. If you read, we uh, immediately had pride and God had to knock that out. 
because we started building a huge building thinking we can reach up to heaven one sin after the other started just piling on top and god in all his love sent his only son down to earth he died for us and when he died he restored that connection back but it required us to be constantly working in ourselves because we are in this fallen world we are tempted we struggle we strive but he gives us grace to overcome and at the end of it he gives us that wisdom also to say yes to certain things no to most things so that our decisions are all made out of knowing who jesus is and it all happens not alone but with the help of the holy spirit who resides in us and the more room we give him the more control he has and the more control he has the better decisions we can make so that god will be glorified this is the gospel but when we put on this consumer mentality we don't see it in its entirety we pick and choose we say okay is this favorable today is church favorable for me is it convenient for me i'll be part of it or today uh, we've noticed that we can get into this loop and oh you know what we'll stick over here because our kids need it or our kids love sunday school so we'll tolerate everything no it doesn't work like that we have to be completely involved i remember way back in 2014 when uh, we were sitting in austin and the pastor said you cannot put the needs of your kids before what god's calling you to do you need to be a pioneer in who god's called you in fact today uh, yesterday my friend sent me this beautiful forward and it said you know what kids are never going to follow on the advice that you give them they're just going to do what you did so if today if we are consuming church as and when we please our kids are going to consume church as and when they please if church and jesus and community is not the main course meal and if it's one of these side dishes you know what we have in our meals our kids are going to do the same they're going to be picky of what they choose off church and off community and off jesus to be part of the herd we cannot have a consumer mentality and that's best seen from the book of acts in the early church i'm going to read from acts chapter 4 verses 32 to 37 it goes on to say all the believers were one in mind and heart selfishness was not a part of their community for they shared everything they had with one another the apostles gave powerful testimonies about the resurrection of the lord jesus and great measures of grace rested upon them all some who owned houses or land sold them and brought the proceeds before the apostles to distribute to those without not a single person among them was needy for example there was a levite from cyprus called joseph who sold his farmland and placed the proceeds at the feet of the apostles they nicknamed him barnabas or encourager i'm also continuing on to read acts 5 verses 1 to 5 now a man named ananias and his wife sapphira likewise sold their farm they conspired to secretly keep back for themselves a portion of the proceeds so when ananias brought the money to the apostles it was only a portion of the entire sale god revealed their secret to peter so he said to him ananias why did you let satan fill your heart and make you think you could lie to the holy spirit you only pretended to give it yet you hid back part of the proceeds from the sale of the property to keep for yourselves before you sold it wasn't it yours to sell or to keep but after you sold it wasn't the money entirely at your disposal how could you plot such a thing in your heart you haven't lied to people you've lied to god the moment ananias heard those words he fell over dead everyone was terrified when they heard what had happened over there 
even as we saw this, you would see that there are two distinctive characters. One side we have uh, Barnabas, who's nicknamed the Encourager. The other side we have this couple called Ananias and Sapphira. But even as I read that first verse, it said the early church was established in such a way where they had so much grace. There was no selfishness. I don't know how many of you realize, but when we have a consumer mentality, the only thing that's in the forefront is selfishness. I want what I like and I want it now. That's all. It's like typically one of my kids. I want curd. I like it and I want it now. That's it. Or I want this toy. I like it and I want it now. It's all ways about selfishness. And today, I love how Barnabas comes there. He sees a need. No one asks him to do anything. But the Holy Spirit asks him to do something. Puts him, hey, you have something probably additionally there extra. Why don't you give of yourself to this community of believers that are there? He gave it. And in turn, it was a blessing. The same thing, what Ananias and Sapphira saw was not what probably what the Holy Spirit put in their hearts, but actually they might have seen what probably Barnabas has done. And they thought, you know what? He's getting so much of praise. Let's also do something like that. When our act is stemming out of selfishness, we lose out on the purpose what God's actually calling us to do. Ananias and Sapphira didn't, were not under pressure to sell. They were not under any pressure to give. They could have chosen. In fact, he could have said, you know, to Peter, Peter here we sold and this is a portion of that that's come. So use this so that it can be blessed for whoever it has to be. When they decided to lie is when they actually showed that selfish side completely. And God didn't want that attitude to be the foundation of the early church. We've all received grace. We all have our shortcomings, yes. But when we bring to the table, can it be out of the love that we have for Jesus? Can we have? Because when we accept Jesus into our heart, we have that grace. It's because of that grace we are accepted. And when God calls us into community, when he asks us to be there, when he asks us to do certain things, we need to extend that same grace on over here. We cannot be acting out of selfishness. What will I get? And so today, my challenge to you is, can we get rid of this consumer mentality? What does consumer mentality today look at 2020? You know what? They didn't sing my favorite worship song. Or you know what? They didn't read the favorite passage of the Bible. Or you know what? They, it didn't, this, this didn't look good for me. Or you know what? The, uh, the prayer was too long. You know, we can have our feedbacks. Yes, that's good. But oftentimes, is it serving what actually God's actually calling us to see out of the entirety? Today, God's actually moved us. If you've seen the global church from where we were at, at 2019 and at 2020, God stripped everything that is not of his. Today, we can't gather as we used to. We all are actually gathering in our living rooms. But is Jesus still center? Are we still, are we looking uh, at these online services through the lens of a consumer? Or can we be actually open and say, God, what are you actually working in my heart? Because the problem is if we don't actually look at the community that God's called us with the lens that God wants us to see, and if you're looking at the lens of consumer, we will automatically start treating people also like that. We will have difference of opinions on people. We will look at people and say, you know what? That person doesn't need help or he doesn't need grace. No. But when you're part of the community, when you're part of a heart, I love how um, these um, narrators explain, you know, in these uh, documentaries. 
he says how the strong ones actually surround the entire herd and walk with them and oftentimes the weak may not have the strength the strong just push them along and they just move if you notice even when uh, the sheep you know for in when they're moving around pasture lands when they're together they're so tightly knit there's nothing that can break that unity reading from james 1 verse 25 but he who looks carefully into the perfect law the law of liberty and faithfully abides by it not having become a careless listener who forgets but an active doer who obeys he will be blessed and favored by god in what he does in his life of obedience if i am going to be a follower of jesus if i'm going to get rid of my mentality of a consumer i will start becoming a doer of god's word i will just not be a hearer today we have subscribed to a lot of notifications we make sure that we are you know we've checked the text as well as the email notifications to make sure we don't miss out on anything we are all hearers we want to be hearers of it but how many of us actually are acting upon and doing what god's actually asking us to do today we read the verse we we have our own uh, probably instagram accounts where we follow where we get to see a beautiful depiction of that same verse but are we living out that verse today in our life are we doers what is god asking you to do many of us have been through different uh, seasons of life back in 2008 there was a big financial breakdown in the global market a recession hit a lot of them lost their jobs but out of that recession uh, there were so many things that came out new ola was one such company that came out uber was probably someone oyo there were so many other companies that today which have become household names which came out because of a recession today in the midst of a pandemic spiritually what is god calling you to do yes we've heard about the pandemic we've heard about the vaccine we've heard about everything but what is god calling you to do when you're part of a community what is god calling you to do are you just consumed by pity and you know worrying about yourself and you know just saying you know what why is this happening no or are you looking at god and saying god your word says this i'll believe and i'll act on it today god wants the early church acted on what they believed and that's why they saw growth the early church believed in what they heard and when they actually called on the name of god they saw miracles happen if we need to see that happen it's probably because there are so many roadblocks with regard to what we've already said saying god this is not what i'm going to expect from you if we can demolish all that and say god i'm going to expect for the supernatural when we as a community believe for healing we're going to ask for healing when we're going to ask for bondages to be broken we're going to see that happen because i don't want to be in a consumer mindset but i'm going to be a doer of what your word says so to be part of the herd you cannot have a consumer mindset you need to be a contributor and why i say you need to be a contributor is because everything that everyone brings matters and god uses us in different seasons and he and he establishes that and then we automatically follow pace and start contributing it becomes part of our lifestyle reading from acts chapter 4 verse 31 it goes on to say and when they had prayed the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the holy spirit and continued to speak the word of god with boldness right before that was when peter and john were arrested they were taken to the sanhedrin they were in fact 
told, don't go around spreading this. They were flogged and sent back. And when they went back to the church, all that the church did was they prayed so that they will be able to have the boldness to speak. Today, God's going to raise up the community to become contributors like that. Where when we see a hurdle, when we see something not happening where God's placed us, when we pray, we're going to contribute and see God come through. And contribute doesn't happen just by one or two. There's power when there's a collective contribution. And today, uh, I'm going to set aside the whole side of when I say contribution, I'm not talking about money. Let's put money aside. Because from day one, God never actually brought money into the equation when it came to his worship. He wanted us entirely. And when I say entirely, is because today in this world, if you notice, people actually don't value the money as much as they value so many other things. For example, if you as a person needed an idea and you talk to someone, you actually value the idea. And so they contribute to their idea to you. So you value, so the idea actually becomes the commodity of contribution there. When you talk to someone, it could be probably some skills that you want to design for an event and they willingly designed, they contributed by designing for you. So today, as a community, we are going to thrive on the contributions of many. What is it that God's actually laid on your heart? If we do step one of not being a consumer, God will automatically show what we can do so unique that he has created us that we'll automatically become a contributor. I'm going to read from Romans chapter 12 verses 2 to 4. A lot of us have read it in different other translations, but and it's a most well-known passage. I'm reading it from the Passion because I feel it has more flavor to it. So let's listen to this. It goes on to say, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Verse 3, Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function. Paul can't get any clearer than this. I love how it says, don't think you are better than you really are. Today, how many of us think we are really better than everyone else around us? In a herd, we need to know who God has created us. And we also need to understand that not everyone will be in the same place where we are at, but we can journey along with them. And the Holy Spirit who's done a work in me will, is also working in them. In me, if it took two years, God will give me the grace even if it takes four years to the person who's next to me in my community. But let's not give up on them because God has not given up on us. But you might be saying, you know what? I had a leader who didn't give me uh, you know, that grace or I had a person who was harsh on me or, you know, they passed these uh, uh, comments on me when I was growing up and it, you know, it damaged me. Yes, but Jesus can change all that and let us choose to be different. We don't have to repeat that cycle. We can be a different leader. We can be a different contributor because we are in God's kingdom. And today, the underlying thing is, you're not contributing to a local church. So today, Zion, Via Zion, anyone who brings anything into the table of Via Zion is not contributing just to Via Zion. Via Zion is just a small part. As Paul says in verse 4, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function. Via Zion has a special function, yes. But in the global body, we are still contributing something. 
when we have that picture we'll be able to do bigger things proverbs chapter 27 verse 17 in the amplified says as iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens and influences another through discussion so today even as we go together we will have difference of opinions we will have so many other ideas which others may not agree but let's allow god to work through when when we have that thing that you're doing it for god we'll soon understand that the picture is big probably my tool might be a might be the solution according to me but when we are discussing it with others there might be something better that comes off it let's be always willing to learn of one another the same god who's given us wisdom also is also giving the other person in our own community the same wisdom so let's be humble enough to be a consumer we actually see how selfishness plays a big part to be a contributor we need to see that we can't think ourselves better than others and i think today if we have to move far if we have to move and have an impact today in this culture in the way uh, the culture is actually driving us and to you know to bring hope to bring love to bring that um, that encouragement that someone needs and to also share that uh, salvation and that eternal life is there we need to be united together which means sometimes i need to let go as a contributor if you notice some of the best products have the best designers but the best de- designers have to let go i was watching the other documentary the other day about frozen 2 and its making and uh, it's interesting how it's a five year journey and even as so many designers and artists and you know um, graphic people are working on it they have these weekly meetings where they sit and after working for months on end sometimes even some aspects they have to cancel after like working for two or three years the trusted the leader because the leader knew what was needed and what was not needed and so even that three years of hard work they were able to let go and say you know what if it does not serve it makes sense but if it serves a big picture let's go ahead with it so today what is our attitude are we willing to let go in it's i know it's sometimes it's so tough that we think we've contributed our best but let's remember people are not the final judge of our contribution it's god god sees our motives god sees what we bring to the table and at the end god is the one who's glorified so let not people or the leaders above let us not think that okay they are discouraging me no let us think of the fact that probably doesn't fit the big picture of where it we are all headed towards so as we follow god in this journey the holy spirit will lead us distinctively and let's listen to the holy spirit's voice today i'm uh, most of you know that i've been working for you version and even as i was preparing this uh, i was reminded of the story which i get uh, you know which i'm told time and again by my leaders you know of how it started and it way back in 2007 they started bible.com uh, a web page where people could come in uh, and you know read the bible online because that time um, pcs and desktops were the big thing laptops were a big thing so they thought people will engage in a digital world they'll engage that way but the shift happened when uh, the apps were coming in 2008 and right before that uh, one of the founders of u version uh wanted to make sure that we were able to get this entire bible.com into an app and at that time they didn't have the professional to actually come and sit and code that entire thing but they found a college intern and he said you know what i'll give it a shot 
I'll do it. And so he uh, worked on this entire packaging of this uh, Uversion Bible app into the first um, App Store product that went in. And it was among the first 200 apps that uh, was made available when Apple launched in 2008. And so if you look at the equation here, uh, a local church wanted to make sure that there's a Bible available in all mobile phones that were coming out. And the person who contributed to it was not the best person who probably there was there in the market. It was just a willing college intern who was an 18-year-old said, you know what, I'll work on it day and night. So he came. And then as a church, because they launched it, they said, you know, we've put in a bit of money in this to quantify what we've done. If we get 100,000 installs over a year, this is something that we can actually put money into and see how God leads us. But look at the sacrifices, how it's paid off. So the church had funded this small project. A college kid had come into this equation and did the whole thing. And the launch of it, it's all orchestrated by God. When God does, his timing is beautiful. So in the first 200 apps that were made free on the App Store back in 2008, the Uversion Bible app was made available. The leaders had made that if we get 100,000 installs of the app, this is something that we can continue on. And the thing was, if it if we get that number in a year, this is something good for us. The app store launched over the weekend. And when they got back on Monday, the numbers that they saw were amazing. And it was only because of God. 84,000 installs had happened. and People are using it every day. In fact, they saw so much of interactions happen. People are reading, marking and doing so many things. Fast forward to 12 years now, God's doing amazing things through the Bible app. But I want to go back to that contribution that was done by this one college kid. He didn't, I think he stayed on for a year or two and then after that moved on. But his contribution is what actually pushed the kingdom of God further and put us in a, in a faster pace to doing greater things. Never discount what God's going to do through you for his kingdom. Today, he might do it through this local church that you're in. Or he might do it individually through you. Or he can do it, you know, within the closed four walls. When I say closed four walls, yes, you can take that phone call and still talk to that person who's probably going through a severe journey of depression. Or probably who's just lonely and who has no one else. Or you could even be that encourager for someone who's lost their job. Or probably that person is sick and is unable to fix a good meal. You could probably just, you know, fix a good meal and genie it to them. There are so many things that can be done. Contributions today look so different, varied. Especially today, in 2020, it looks amazingly different. There's no cookie-cut model to say that this is what is needed. No. But what are you going to do? What are you going to contribute? If we make it all about ourselves, we have a consumer mentality. But we make it all about God, we'll start contributing. And I love, because why I'm so passionate about contributing is, I've seen the fruit of it from so many years of my own life. What I contributed when I was 14, 15 looked different. But it actually helped me do much better when I was 18. What I contributed when I was 18 cumulatively helped me contribute better when I was 24. And what I able to con- what I contributed in 24, I'm able to contribute more again at 34. And all of it is built on one another. One of our dear pastor friends says this, don't give the evening end of your years to Christ. Give the best years. So today, my challenge is 
to you is, can we give the best that we have today? And the challenge also extends further on to say that we as a church have to be contributors too. If anything that uh, I as a leader want We Are Zion to be known as is, we are a contributing church. And it looks different. I love how Paul puts every time he addresses a church, when he tells the Philippine church, when he tells the Ephesians church, I'm going to read a few verses on and it goes on to say, Philippians 1 verse 5, it says, For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. That was for the Philippian church. For the Ephesian church in Ephesians 1.15, he says, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. What are we going to be known as? As a community, what are we going to be known as? If we are doing this series as called Herd Immunity, what is this herd going to be known as? Are we going to change the society that is around us? Are we going to change the culture that's around us? When we start becoming contributors, we will be accepting of everyone. There won't be pride. There won't be room because we'll always say, you know what? You're adding something to the table. Bring it. There'll be an immense amount of love. I'm going to read a few other verses. Philippians chapter 2 verse 3, which says, Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. As a herd, you're going to have authentic humility. Love for who God has created us to be. Colossians 3 verse 14, it says, Tolerate the weakness of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way. You have been graciously forgiven by Christ Jesus. If you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through peace. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. We as a herd are going to show love to whoever walks in. The third is peace. Colossians 3 verse 15. Let your heart be always guided by the peace of the anointed one who called you to peace as part of one body and always be thankful. Ephesians 4 verses 3 to 4. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. Yes, today we are a community in ourselves. We are a herd as a church, as we are Zion. But we are part of a bigger church. Let's imagine if we can have this love, if we can uh, let go of pride and look at others as equals, and if we can be united, we can be welcoming of everyone. And remember this, everyone is unique. Everyone is on a journey. The grace that has been given to us, we need to extend to others. So church, today I would love to challenge you and as well as me. Can we stop having a consumer mentality on everything? And can we have the spirit of contribution? Big or small. Remember, everyone is important in God's kingdom. Everyone is important in the herd. We will not let anyone go astray. We love everyone and we make sure that we journey together with everyone. As our kids grow, as some of us get married, as we start new lives, as some of us migrate 
from becoming single people to husbands or to wives or to even later to becoming grandparents as all that journey happens let's move on it together because at the end of it it will be amazing to see what god has in store and what god does even as we come to the end of the service before i close i would love to give this opportunity to some, any of you who have been watching this and says you know what you've been talking all this while it sounded so nice but i really don't know who this jesus is if you've been struggling saying you know what i i don't have hope you know what i've i've done so many wrong things or i i have this hidden side of me which no one knows but you know and i've been carrying this guilt often times we do so many bad things it's in our innate nature sometimes as human beings just to have this thing called sin in our life where we are not proud of it but we can't let go and jesus is the only one who can set us free and today i would love to extend this invitation where you can say jesus i want you to become the lord and savior of my life what does that mean it means that you are acknowledging that jesus is god and when you acknowledge that jesus is god he will come in he says he will come in he will wash us white as snow everything that we think is big enough is nothing in front of his eyes anything that you've done which you're ashamed of he's willing to wipe it away clear the slate clean and he's saying i can journey with you every step of the way so that you can live this life a transformed life and the most amazing thing is god loves you jesus loves you he loves you so much that he died on the cross and on the third day he was raised from the dead and today he's alive and you can call on that name i can call on that name in time of need or you will grow into calling on his name because you love him so much that you'll start reading his word you'll start praying and i would love to give this invitation right now if you want to make jesus the lord and savior can you repeat this prayer after me dear jesus i know i am a sinner i believe that you are lord and savior over my life thank you for dying on the cross i believe that you rose again on the third day and i know that you are alive and you're sitting with the father today i open my heart to you come in cleanse me and help me lord to take the next step in your most holy name we pray amen amen if you've made this decision to follow jesus text us in the number below or write on the chat and we would love to get in touch with you because you believe this decision that you've made is the best decision that you could have made is this journey going to be with less struggles no it's going to have struggles it's going to have hardships but you don't have to do it alone and that's what we read today if you're part of this herd we would love for you to come and journey along with us we are not perfect people but we are a community that will do what god has called us to do we will love we will cherish one another and we will journey with one another and church even as we come to a close of this second part of the series my challenge is can we get rid of the consumer mentality we need to you and you might be saying you know what just a few weeks back you put out a video called consumed yes we need to be consumed by the holy spirit but i can't be a consumer 
my being consumed by the holy spirit causes me to become a contributor and so i would love for you to actually receive this and let's journey in this together we are not alone and let's ask god god if you've placed me in chennai here for the season help me to be the best contributor that i can and god will do amazing things in your life can we come at this week and pray loving heavenly father lord we thank you lord for this time lord thank you lord that we get to read in your word lord jesus of how unique you've created each and every one of us and i pray that lord even as we step into this week that lord we will step into this week as a contributor i pray lord every selfish every uh, every nature that kicks in time and again lord jesus in our lives that we would get rid of this consumer mentality and we will step in lord jesus saying how can i contribute lord jesus holy spirit where we lack words may you put the right words into our mouth where we lack creativity may you bring creativity lord jesus i pray that lord we will be able to rely on one another we pray that lord we wouldn't just take the pressure and put it on ourselves that we uh, don't have the strength but may we rely on the strength of a community lord jesus we thank you i pray that lord even as we do this entire series herd immunity i pray that lord may you make us immune lord jesus to the darts of the enemy lord jesus I pray that Lord we will be washed by your precious blood so that Lord we will be renewed in our mind. I pray that Lord even as we read from Romans 2 that we will be transformed Lord Jesus. Transformed Lord Jesus we thank you. I pray that Lord as people step out in this week as we all do Lord Jesus that Lord we will be contributors in big ways and small ways. I pray that Lord people who journey with us will see you in our contribution. Lord, thank you. May you be glorified and honored in your most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to weazion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.